So let me get this straight because it just seems too impossible to be true. Are you telling me that the Tascam 4 track that I own, which I procured from Joe Kennedy and used to create three albums on my own, is it true that if I sent this thing to you, that you would be able to complete this now smile level mythical third album by Olivia Tremor Control? Yeah, soon, really. Welcome to Discography, the music obsessives podcast that gives freaks like you and me the chance to connect with a brotherhood obsessed with rating the entire discography of every single artist and band that ever mattered. I'm your host, Dave Gebro, and with three new episodes each week, you're going to gain a comprehensive knowledge of an act's history and output in the time it takes to listen to one album. And in this episode, we'll be turning our spray cans on... The Olivia Tremor Control! Psst. And then when we run out of spray paint, we're gonna re-up and turn those fresh new spray cans on the circulatory system! Psst. Along with our unbelievably special guest, Will Cullen Hart himself, who'll be sifting through the sacred transmissions issued forth from his younger self and rating them all, every last LP, EP, and single, from zero to five stars. This is the final part of our three-part, seven-hour interview with Will, and frankly, I'll be sad to see him go. And if you're an Olivia Tremor Control super fan like me, you'll want to turn this free version off right now and go to the director's cut of this episode. It features eight minutes of essential additional material and no ads, and you can find it conveniently enough in our Patreon record shop at patreon.com slash discography slash shop. Or just subscribe for the complete versions of all our shows. Even if you're on the fence, just head over there because it's finally free to become a basic member. In this episode, Will spills the beans on exactly how the great Bill Doss wound up saving his life before tragically passing away. All of his own star ratings for the entire circulatory system discography and a massive sprawling discussion about the mythical third Olivia Tremor control record, The Same Place. Okay, first things first, you need to know just how seriously I take this craziness. Discography is a music obsessive's dream come true. The guest and I explore an artist or band's entire discography in a futile but valiant attempt to reach a higher truth, which often is cleverly disguised as a nerdy compendium of star ratings and lists. The show is heavily researched, and the music is always reassessed with fresh ears. We don't just cover albums. Uh-uh. We do a searingly honest deep-dive analysis of all EPs, singles, comp tracks, relevant solo work, and sometimes even even bootlegs and live stuff. Every release is slapped with an objectively accurate star rating between zero and five, which allows us all. The real reason we do this, the Tootsie Pop reward at the center of the rock and roll lolly to come face to face with the true shape of an artist's overall arc. Coming up, we've got Robert Schneider rating the Strawberry Alarm Clock, Mark Robinson from Unrest rating everything he's ever done, John Worcester talking about his favorite live albums of all time, Kula Shaker, The Lemon Twigs, and the three surviving Diedrich siblings rating everything they ever released as one of the greatest bands of all time, bar none, The Free Design. 
Oh, and Michelle Phillips, along with Mamas and Papas biographer Richard Campbell, rating everything they ever did. So don't miss out. Open up your listening app right now and subscribe. And away we go then. Yes. Tonight's guest, side by side with the incomparable Bill Doss, the psych world's greatest all-time ginger. These two pipers, upon stumbling into the gates of dawn, injected a well-needed burst of 60s sunshine into an era that wasn't readily embracing that particular sacred strain of smile-era psych pop craftsmanship. Yet the music itself utilized and continues to utilize the least cutting edge of 1990s lo-fi technology, the towering Kubrickian monolith that is the Tascam 4-track. This man burrows deep, and his sprawling works were never accused of being preferred listening for the ADD afflicted. Lads and ladies, gulp down the remnants of your moonshine acid and backyard psilocybin, because it's high time to twist the faders on the great cosmic mix and I'm honored to do so side by side with the wondrous Will Hart. Thank you. Yeah, an intro, man. Wow, that was cool. I mean, we're not going to use the video. This is just so you and I can stare longingly yeah. at each other. I'm so lucky. Kelly's like, yeah, usually bouncing off the walls. I'll be there soon. It's okay. Actually, you know what? This plays perfectly into the beginning of the circulatory system. If you don't mind, I think it's possibly the best frame of mind for us to be in. All right. So just so everyone knows, we had stopped at the end of Libya Tremor Control. I believe it was a week ago we did it. So it's been a week, yeah, a week of me tirelessly looking at the date, wishing time would speed up. We initially, (laughs) we initially very bravely scheduled this for 6 a.m., which is, as everyone who's a circulatory system or a Will Hart fan knows, the middle of the night is the perfect time to both listen to and speak about your music. But then, you kept and i love this you kept bumping it back so it was eight o'clock then you wanted it to be 10 o'clock <laughs> the reason is because you i mean you're very thorough and i love that but yeah, I was yeah. Like, we talked for hours last time so i was like if we're going to talk for 14 hours i picked 6 a.m and then after we got up the thing I was like what was i thinking <laughs> no you were thinking right you were thinking great yeah This should be a hypnagogic conversation, my friend. That liminal state where all your art exists, basically. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So just so people can be in on the relationship sort of thing, you and I have been like a couple of little schoolgirls since we taped the five hours of part one of this interview. And we've actually been kicking around the idea of doing music from the unrealized film script, Dusk of Cuba's Castle, as an actual film. Not only that, but there's a perfect name for the soundtrack as well, we have mutually discovered, which is music from the realized film script, Dusk of Cuba's Castle. (laughs) I mean, I think you're going to be able to do it. I do. Do you want to? Of course I do. You know, this is mainly just a thing where having made films before, I know that it completely hijacks and takes over your life. So, yeah. If it's the kind of thing that makes sense, a thousand percent into it. So I guess what I can say now is be in touch with us. Let us know, A, what do you think an actual film of Dusk at Cuba's Castle, a realized film script would be? Because I know we've had over 20 years, 30 years to think about this. And pray that it happens, lads and ladies, pray, but also be in touch. And if there is a groundswell of interest and we see that, then I think it'll be irrefutable that we have to move forward. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so Chewbacca, back to business. So, <laughs> so when we last left our intrepid duo, you guys had just broke up the band, and your friendship was at least in a rocky place because of all the intense stuff that you and Bill had just endured, right? Yes. All right, so you guys worked on other projects in the interim. Bill recorded music for The Sunshine Fix, which basically if we're going to be reductive about it, sounds like the Olivier Tremor control shorn of all the music concrete, okay, right? Yeah. And also, of course, was a member of the Apples in Stereo, while you formed the band Circulatory System, which interestingly had elements of concrete, but I feel like you were like, well, two could play at that game. And you basically pulled dozens of magical pop songs out of the cornucopia of your perception. And first of all, I'm curious for you about how Circulatory System differs, if at all, in your mind from Olivia Tremor Control. Not that much, really. Honestly, it's the next phase, really. We weren't getting along or whatever at the time, Bill Dawson and I. But I continued recording stuff and whatnot, and I collected a bunch of stuff over the, over the years leading up to that. And I just, I realized, and now I can say, or whatever, emotionally and all that stuff, I, I just wasn't, I, I couldn't deal with emotion kind of stuff. I just shut off. And so I was just, I, I don't talk to you. <laughs> you know, you're you talking about your relationship with Bill. Yeah, and I just ignored his calls. It was just what a little bitch. <laughs> you know, are you really? talking about before the band ended or after? Yeah, right before. It was just a, I was an emotional <laughs> bitch. I was just being a dumb baby. <laughs> Dude, I'm 51 years old. I still have trouble with that stuff. I, I, yeah. There's no reason to denigrate yourself for it. It's tough. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Good point. <laughs> but I can now. But that's that's the time I couldn't. You know, that emotional shit. <laughs> No, that's that's the bedrock of it all, right? You and your love for or difficulties with Bill is a lot of what the Olivia Tremor Control is, right? Yeah, true. So we took different paths for a while. And, you know, I don't see that there's that much difference between Olivia and Circulatory. So it was initially, at least, Derek Almstead, Suzanne Allison, Peter Urchik, John Fernandez, Charlie Johnston, and Heather McIntosh? Yeah. Did that waver at all through the years? Did they come and go? People come and go? Or? They did come and go. One really pleasing thing to see at the turn of the millennium, which if, if anything is going to be memorable about Y2K, it's the transmogrification of Olivia Tremor Control into two separate bands. That's what the universe, when it looks back on Y2K, it's going to remember it as the moment <laughs> when the amoeba split into two paramecia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so circulatory, so, you know, the cool thing about you guys dividing up is that having been through all this shit so many times before, it kind of started with John and Paul releasing their solo records, right? Right? But then it was Grant Hart and Bob Mould. Who's going to win the Solar Wars? Is it going to be, you know, Bob or Grant? And then with Olivia Tremor Control, one really cool thing that happened with you guys, at least how I lived it at the time, is that both of your works were totally essential. There was no how do you sleep? There was no bullshit on there. Yeah. You know, it was too great. It was like instead of one giant sprawling record, it was two sprawling records. So yeah. that was nice. It was like two bursts of sunshine. Your first record as Circulatory System, self-titled, came out in 2001. 
the cover artwork, there's no mistaking who this is. <laughs> and, you know, Pitchfork, which has grown into this massive conglomerate, gave it a really high rating. Nobody gets 9.5 from Pitchfork these days. Nobody. Yeah, I was blown away by it. Thank you. You know, typically I find them easy to dismiss, but when it comes to when they get things right, I gotta uh, point that shit out. All right, so God. this record is amazing. Amazing. So first I want to ask you, was there any aspect of the illness that you're currently contending with that you were dealing with side effects from that early on by this point, or is that much later? I don't know. I really don't, honestly. Do you um, remember being tired at this stage? Well, yeah, probably. Because I was eating many thins all the time, you know. What's many thins? They were over the counter or something. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't that, like, isn't that like no dose? Well, that kind of thing, but they've outlawed it now. Some kind of speed. A legal form of speed or something? Legal. Yeah. And now, an important message from Don Bowles. Dan Kapelovitz is the only candidate for District Attorney of Los Angeles who has over a decade of experience successfully defending those falsely accused of crimes. Dan Kapelovitz is the only candidate running for Los Angeles District Attorney who is dedicated to ending mass incarceration. Dan Kapelovitz is the only candidate for Los Angeles District Attorney who co-created and produced the televised freakout public access show known as The Three Geniuses, which the LA Weekly dubbed the most intentionally psychedelic show on television. Dan Kapelovitz is the only candidate for Los Angeles District Attorney who is an accomplished Phototheraminist. Dan Kapelovitz is the only candidate for Los Angeles District Attorney who now has a record label with punk rock legend and all-around weirdo Don Bowles. Dan Kapelovitz is the only candidate running for Los Angeles District Attorney who was not only the features editor at Hustler Magazine, but also Larry Flint's editorial point man for his First Amendment lawsuit against the military-industrial complex and the Pentagon. If you believe in liberty, justice, and the American way, vote for Dan Kapelovitz. Stick it to the man. Vote for Dan. Dan Kapelovitz. I'm Dan Kapelovitz, and I approve this message. All right, let me just tell you what I find incredibly essential about this record is the whole thing sounds like this lumbering dinosaur that's about to tip over and go to sleep. It has an I'm only sleeping thing. You know that narcoleptic side of the Beatles where it's I'm only sleeping and I'm so tired and all yeah. these incredible songs that sound like they're kind of sleepwalking. Blue Jay Way. Blue Jay Way, yeah. Right, right. That sort of like sleepwalking vibe that they have. This whole record is infiltrated with that kind of energy. And so that narcoleptic Beatles thing courses through the entirety of this record. At least to my ears, there's an exhaustion that infiltrates every corner of this thing that becomes, for me, the predominant psychedelic aesthetic. I feel like it's a masterpiece. I've, I was fully on board at the get-go when you guys broke up, saw this band as, a, as just as major in undertaking as OTC. I was on board with both you guys, as I said, but I heard what felt like a growth in you as a way to show the world who thought they had you pinned as the fucking Revolution 9 
John yeah. Cage guy. And then DOS reductively was that tuneful when I'm 64, dude. Yeah. Uh, well, it turns out that you can do it just as well without even watering down the magic of your own sensibility. So this oh. was a magic trick to me. This was a total masterpiece. Wow, thank you. I'm very happy with it as well. You said something a while back about the music concrete and stuff like that. To me, this album is permeated with it. I mean, I use them different frequencies. There's shit tons of it all over, you know. Oh, no shit. So it's like more buried. It's more just kind of getting you in your subconscious. Yeah, I think so. I was working at a studio. I got a 16 track digital. I put it onto his computer across town, but I had to do it two at a time. I couldn't you know, do eight to one, two, to two more, yeah. two more. You know, like the track A Peak has 50 tracks. I mean, some of them are just tambourines, like, you know, this is this is a track. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one, you know, and then there's two of those. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Digital recording. So, but I was doing analog stuff on the four track cassette, balancing it to the digital machine. And then I got the only digital machine that I could find. I think it was the only one at the time where you could change speed. You go, hey, you know, low, and that's me lowering my voice down to the room, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was clean. It was amazing. So I, I enjoyed that. So there's a lot of sound effects all over. But I think the element of the record where it feels like this maturity and like, you know, a lot of records by people who have a what I would think of as a considered discography, like they understand the history of music and what makes a discography interesting from record to record is that you've taken, you know, the stuff on Black Foliage that a lot of people, even fans of fucked up music would consider difficult and yeah. you've imbued the muscles, bones, and joints of the songs with that stuff instead of having it be separated from it. Yeah, it's true. Thank you. That's good. So this hypnagogic end of rock history includes Keith Richards waking up in the middle of the night in 1965 and being like, oh, that fuzz guitar riff, I got to get that down. And that yeah, satis satisfaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that satisfaction. A lot of great stuff came out of dreams. This whole thing, this whole record occupies that space. And right from yesterday's world, I believe it's the clarinet that's all over this record. Is it the clarinet? Yeah. All yeah. right. So the clarinet, it's in yesterday's world. It's in a bunch of other stuff all over the record. There's yeah. almost a feel like it's klezmer psych. <laughs> nice. Which uh, I can't point to anything else I've ever heard. Look, my no hands kind of way to start your solo career off. What a great song. I mean, fuck, Diary of Wood. There's a, a, a vibe to me about that song, like an elf rising at the break of dawn, you know, enshrouded a mist uh, as these little night creatures scurry back into the woods to hide till it's nighttime again. There's this real incredible vibe without being explicit or spelling this stuff out. It's just a feeling. Thank you. Outside blasts. Are you sampling? Do you like worms in there? It feels like Mike Love's fucked up Native American chant thing is in there. And I love ooh, ah, ooh, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's just John Fernandez and I doing tracks of that, you know, to sound like a horde of people doing Yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, that's just a few tracks. And then the watery guitar raindrops plinking down on a Marshall beat. All that stuff is incredible. That's a six minute set piece. It's your first major solo set piece, right? Your first yeah. big, yeah. 
and it's incredible. Joy is incredible. I love how the whole thing drags from the drum beat to the bass. Everything's dragging behind, like you're slumped over the whole, but it's so inspired at the same time. Thanks. That's, yeah. All this is very real for me at the time. It still is, but you know, how, you know what we're talking about. It's like, I'm saying this to people out there in the world. It's like, when it's your life, you know, you're just living it. That's what I'm getting at. There is a difference between the two bands. I mean, uh, to Olivia and to circulatory system. Look, you're like living your, you know, you, me, is living your life, you know? So it wasn't until I started thinking about stuff like this, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, the, this group or whatever, the Turtles, you know, this is how they started. Or, you know, it's like, wow, and then apply yourself and your bands that you're in. You're too busy creating to think about it. Yeah. Every film I've ever done, from shorts to features, I don't know the reason why I made it, or I don't know actually what it's about till it's finished and I've moved yes, on. Thank you. Yes, exactly. But I, I still, I did have templates and I think we did for Olivia, but I told you this, maybe I was going to say before was Bill kind of looked at me for the concepts and what what is the permeation, what is going to over the album. Yeah. So I did the same thing with the first circulatory system. I planned out, okay, all the songs, but then in the end, I wanted it to flow like Dark Side of the Moon or something, where it has an ending and a beginning. It's a whole story. What is the story? I didn't know there was an act. Is it a concept album no. then or no? It's just a full day and it's, you know, ends over, you know, that kind of thing. I just want yeah. to Yeah. Like Moody Blues it. Days of Future Past. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't even know where to start. There's a lot of songs that the 22 songs. There is not a single bad song on the record. I could say that with total certainty. I know the record backwards and forwards. It's an embarrassment of great songs. I love The Lovely Universe, again, with the Klezmer psych. Um, <laughs> I'm curious if you've ever heard about the Kaplan Brothers, speaking Kaplan. of Klezmer psych. Like, no. They're a, a Jewish private press psych band. Hey, way back when? Or? 75. They have an album called <laughs> Nightbird, an electronic symphony or an electronic odyssey. You would love this. It's self-pressed. And the story of it absolutely is unto itself. There's no story like it in music history. It's on our Patreon. There's a private press series. I will send it to you because you will not believe this episode. But in any case, the Klezmer psych thing made me think of that. And one after the other, waves of bark and light. So this thing is five stars easy. I want to ask you the last song forever, which is a kind of 90 second lullaby that always felt like the John Lennon real love demo and how affecting it is. I'm curious what the chant at the end means to you. We will live forever and you know it's true. Are you a man who believes in reincarnation or does it sound psychedelically pleasing? I don't have an op opinion. I think that that's very possible. We go back. I do. Uh, I mean, talk, talk about a way to go out on the record. You're a, you're a man who has heard enough records to know how to send us out. Thanks. You're not a land of plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is like when I said I Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, I wanted to have a well-rounded album and I, I think I did. It's amazing. It doesn't yeah. lag. I believe it's an hour long, right? It's a double album. Yeah, see, that's the, yes, you're right. Father John Fernandez and I, we were only able to do CD at the time. So we put side one and side two. <laughs> CD. Yeah. 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 It, Look, uh, I got to be honest with you, in the interest of full disclosure, I think it's a step up from Black Foliage. I actually think it's a better record. It's tighter. It moves quicker. It doesn't stop. <laughs> there are parts of Black Foliage that I think you intended for the thing to like screech to a halt, which is not yeah. a bad thing, but yeah. it does screech to a halt at certain points. You never stop. 
and take a look around with a melody, you're always just barreling forward. It's a yeah. great record. I'm guessing you give it five too, right? I do. I'd, I'd be proud. You know yeah, what? As well, you should. It's great. So, in addition, in the same year, you released Inside Moves, which is essentially a remix album of Circuitry System. It's made up of cut and paste style fragments and demos yeah. and animation, quote unquote, derived from pieces of the first record. And it's meant to be played on shuffle mode, right? That was the original intention. So all of the versions of the CD come in an unmarked case, sprayed green with a picture of a different bird pasted on the front. Yes. So talk to me about your yeah. desires in doing this. I just wanted to have a different way to branch out and put something else out with a different view. I'm not going to rate this one just because it's a remix record. And also, by the way, it came out later on with... 10 tracks of different lengths, right? So you kept chipping away at a remix yeah. of a remix. Yeah, exactly. Then an enormous stretch of time goes by. So please tell me, Will, what you did with yourself from, and I know that That's health issues, yeah, That's health issues. That's pretty much it. Do you mind if we talk about that? I, I have tons of health issues. I don't mind being explicit about mine. If you want to skip over it, we can as well. But for me, my health issues are crucial to understand my creative life. Okay. Yeah. At least these days. But we yes. could skip right over it if you're uncomfortable, bro. Whatever you want. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's no problem. I mean, it's just, I don't want to be a bummer. That's the way it comes It's to. not a bummer. It, no, I mean, for me, for me, it was, it still is. Yeah, it's been, I get it. My life, it changed my life. You know, so many ways. I mean, it's yeah. not in a good way. Not it's, all bad, though, right? Mm, no, not all bad. I mean, I'm very happy. Look, I was, I, okay, just so you at least have a little bit of comfort going into talking about it, I didn't really have any health issues at all. And then about 10 years ago, it started and it never fucking stopped. Type 1 diabetes. I had one that I won't even tell you about that involved every morning there being bleeding. There was neck issues where I had two surgeries. I have chronic pain, you know, cancer, which I almost forgot about, kidney cancer. And because of all that, the stress of all that and having a kid, crippling insomnia, crazy, crazy insomnia. Yeah. And so because of all that, I'm doing this show. I threw my career in the trash. I wake up every morning. I may not feel great, but I have a very clear picture of what I need to achieve to be okay with myself that day. And it's because I have these elements of health issues. And so I can't rightly say that it's all bad because a lot of people wake up, they sleepwalk through their life. Yes, because true. mortality is not real. It's something that happens to other people, happens on the Gaza Strip. It happens to him, her. It doesn't happen to me. I wake up every day thinking today's the day I'm going to fucking die. So because of that, I get to live, I think, sometimes a manic depressive existence. But other times I see through the veils of illusion, I believe, and I'm able to connect with my real desires as a person. And for that, at least I'm grateful for the bullshit that's rained down on me. Yeah, exactly. Hi, I'm Dave Gebro. I threw my career as a licensed hearing instrument specialist in the trash, sold my house, and moved to the East Coast with my wife and four-year-old son in order to focus on making the ultimate podcast for music obsessives thrive. Now I need your help. Although Discograffiti is rated in the top 2% of all podcasts globally, the economics of this thing are tricky. Becoming a member of Discograffiti's Patreon gives you access to over 100 more exclusive episodes.
episodes and moving forward now every Sunday for only $5 a month as a private first class. You get our new weekly show by and for Discograffiti's Patreon family, the Discograffiti Soldiers of Sound podcast. It'll be hosted by Rudy Fishman and given his sociopathic tendencies, I'm sure it'll have a lunatic's take over the asylum edge to it. If all you want to do is show some love, there's now finally a $1 tier. Don't miss out. Become a recruit and get your personalized backstage pass for a buck. And for the cheapskates, homeless people, and all the bums sponging off mom and dad, don't care, just join. It's now completely free to join as a basic member, and it'll be the only place you'll be able to get our upcoming Lou Barlow, Corey Hansen, Mark Robinson comp, Metal Machine Muzak, as well as the triple album rock opera El Farmony I created with Joe Kennedy as the mentally regarded and the ability to purchase one-off Patreon episodes. That's it. Back to the show. So from 2001 to 2009, there's some good stuff that happened in there. When did you start feeling sick and maybe knew that something was the matter? I just remember that I went to the doctor and I was going blind in one eye and it was shading. But I was like, I'm sorry to not be able to see out of the side. I mean, we're talking like in a day, you know, suddenly. Right, right. And so I went and the doctor's like, in the morning, you need to be at the hospital at eight o'clock. So I showed up and some tests. They gave me spinal tap. That was comfortable. That's a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really odd feeling. Anyway, and then they figured out I've got multiple sclerosis and uh, things were already starting. They did a, a brain scan, whatever you call it, MRI, and showed me in this part right right here, this dark spot. It had been there for 10 years. So that's where it started when you said something going back. So that's where it started. And I, I had always been a meticulous person and very clean. You know, that's me yeah. sweeping up. Sorry. Uh, me sweeping, <laughs> wiping. Hello, people. So you can understand what. <laughs> you know, that's me sweeping up. I used to be very. Yeah. <laughs> but I fell apart at that section. Still am now, you know, but it's like I didn't know what was happening to me. So the spinal tap, that was my diagnosis. And. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. One of the positives that came out of it, because, you know, when you're sick, at least in my experience, you got to search for silver linings. Gratitude's not going to just pour down. Any, you got to look for it. So yeah. after getting the news, Bill and yourself reconciled as a result of that, right? Yes. So you guys started playing regularly at that point, right? Were you recording or just playing? We were recording. So with my condition, I started drinking a lot more, a little bit more, a little bit more. You know how alcohol I, I, Well, I also know how it goes. When your life changes, you're a sick person. And by you, I mean, I'm talking about me. Yeah. You know, I had been clean and sober. I was 13 and a half years in Narcotics Anonymous. And then I needed medication to get through a day. And all of a sudden, I'm in the wilderness, man. So, yeah, you got to make sense of a lot of different shit. That was my path. You know, I'm sure yours had its own specific trials and tribulations that go along with it. You know, if you have a couple of drinks, it relaxes your body. My body was terrible, you know, all that stuff. But it is not good for you. And so it just, over time, really got ridiculous. And Bill said, man, if we could get together every Sunday, we'll get the band together at my house every Sunday and make up some stuff and have fun make, you know, and record. And we did. And we amassed a double albums worth of stuff, really, that we're still working to put out. All right, so I'm going to put a bookmark in there for right now, because I want to notate that that happened chronologically. But first, let's go back to circulatory system. I want to finish that. So 2009, Signal Morning. Eight years goes by, but Signal Morning, again, as the steward of a considered discography, this has a whole different vibe than the first record. Damn, you're right. 
whole yeah, different vibe. Oh, I think so too. Signal morning. Here's how I see it anyway. And I want you to tell me if I if I have it right or if I'm wildly off base and should be punished as a result. So <laughs> even though I've had this since it came out, I had not spent as much time with this one. So I was more than rewarded for hanging with it for a while in doing the work for this. There's a steely sort of barrel chested kind of strength about this one that you weren't seeming to focus on as aesthetic fuel last time out. So it's cool to see you riding a different pony. I love this one. It's more, it's more caffeinated. It's more tousle haired. The psych is just as nightmarishly deep as the rest, but it makes sure that the listeners also punched in the balls of their ears. Uh, yeah. I, I, the only single album I've ever been involved in, if that helps. It was not a double album. I think every other album has been a double album, <laughs> you know, yeah, except for uh, side three, which doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. This is an amazing record. Like the first record feels like you were waking up before you'd even rub the sleep out of your eyes. You'd pressed record. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that middle of the night sort of thing. This is like the cavalry's coming down the mountainside, waving uh, flags uh, and yeah. blowing trumpets. The exhaustion is all but gone now. And in its place is this monstrous lumbering quality with heavy tom action and fuzz bass and when woodpecker greeting worker ant kicks off although it's vocalless it's so full and bursting at the seams that you barely even really notice it vocals don't come until the very end kind of. right right yeah. and you're kind of drifting on a breeze and there's a sort of jazz leaning tilt to the vocals now and then rocks and stones the crazed fucking drums intro the piece and then some of that insomniac exhaustion psych infiltrates the vocals. I'm going to stop here because I could proselytize till the cows come home. Signal morning. Tell me about what imbues the work on this here for you. Well, I mean, like I said, I hadn't been involved in a single album, you know, A side, B side, but wanted to. You know, it's, it's like you set up two challenges for, you know, for yourself in general. And so that was like, well, I'm going to make a single album, you know, so if I pull it off, you know, without having the long sprawling thing that people are like, skip that one. <laughs> this is your only single album in the history yes. of your recording career. That's hysterical. I didn't, I didn't really realize that actually until this conversation. That's hysterical. This this why? Because when we put out Circulatory's first album, we put side A and side B. But John Fernandez and I, when we sequenced it, we were thinking side one and side two so you would have a way of tackling that material. I don't know why we didn't think it was a double album. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it broke down good as a, you know, side one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. The cuts were in a great spots, so they worked out. Good. You know, it's interesting. You are not necessarily a long-winded person in conversation, but I guess musically, it's very hard for you to truncate what you have to say, right? There's so much to say. It's true. And and like derivative stuff off of it, you know, a lot of these songs for all of the albums of Circulatory System, a lot of them were done in 2000, really. Oh, you mean you're just pulling from stuff? Yeah. Oh, so you just had an explosion of creativity and then just kept like Stevie Wonder? I mean, like, okay. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, cool. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you asked me about, I mean, I got sick and all that. And so yeah. that's a major part of it for me. Derek Olmstead jumped in the ring and we became friends and he's incredible. Anyway, I asked him to help me and, and Nisi Gallons, of course, as well, to help me sequence all these songs, you know, into albums at the time. So this one was Nisi Gallons and Derek and myself putting it together. Who's it's helping you with production? What's going on there? Is it just you? Mainly just me, yeah. Schneider had moved on to long division problems? Ah, yeah, he did. Uh, actually, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> I'm true. He always makes me think it's Mr. Show thing. It's true. 
You have to drown the wizard. It's true. It's yeah, so- yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I think half of the things that I say are just clarion call quotes from Mr. Show, looking to see if there's people out there who are going to be friends of mine from recognizing it. Uh, yes, indeed. Simpsons and Mr. Show. That's I just speak in yeah. disconnected quotes from this. Now it's time to drown the wizard. <laughs> it's true. Um, again, with this record, there's literally not a single song that's not great it's really incredible this one i give five stars as well too i know it sounds like i'm just kissing your fucking ass but but this stuff is super consistent thank you sir it really yeah, is that's important to me obviously obviously I, yeah I, i've always thought i never want to look back and be what the fuck you know what were we thinking or you know that kind of thing because well, i wasn't under a contract or anything like that to have to you gotta need it now or, you know warner brothers wants it no so that's cool <laughs> obviously okay so i want to i want to circle around this was placed here because i didn't know when we would actually talk about it but randy holland from the discography soldiers of sound facebook group asks and i think this is a, a good question and it maybe crystallizes what we were talking about before but he says i was curious on the impact that ms has had on your creative output both sonically and visually where do you account for the inspiration and how it comes out there I'm inspired all the time, for sure. Yeah. But MS has degraded me in every way. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's harsh, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to be a bitch since you asked it. Yeah. You're not I, a bitch. I, but I mean, I'm meticulous. You've got your albums up and, you know, you love albums and CDs and stuff. Years go by and it got to the point where there's CDs everywhere that I bought and I'm just stepping on them, stretching them. They break in half on my shoe. I don't care. Because I hurt so fucking bad. But I just need to fucking sit down. But as far as your actual creative output, how does the disease impact that specifically? Oh, it cripples it. It cripples it a lot. Really? Yeah, it does. So it doesn't, it doesn't give it a certain twist so that the music is coming from a different place? It just makes it harder to record? That's it's, it? It's me yeah that's that's all that's too bad that you haven't been able to mine any specific inspiration from having to contend with it That's true. To make it positive, is that what you mean? In other words, you know, I don't know about you, but ever since I was in single digit ages, I always had projects working on writing this, filming that, doing whatever. And so to have a project at least that comes out of, you know, bullshit difficulties that are foisted on you by God or the cosmos, it's like the least I could ask for from having to fucking put up with this shit. Yeah. That's the way I see it. So I'm curious if there's any gold you've been able to mine from the bullshit uh, the records i mean yeah 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 honestly yeah thank christ for that i recorded a lot i still do are but, you recording uh, every day no no i'm no. painting and doing stuff like that every day but like i told you i don't have a machine to record on you were supposed to send me <laughs> i am but i i wanted to time it to this recording that i'm okay. i have a selfish reason for it okay uh, cool. so the last real record to date was nine years ago right or no i think so yeah Mosaics Within yeah. Mosaics is the last thing that you've released. And honestly, before recording this, and I don't know why, but it's the only one I hadn't heard. I understand. That's cool. Except for Silverbug, which Kelly sent to me. It's your second double album as a solo man, released yeah. on June 24th, 2014, and literally second shy of an hour long. This album is fucking amazing, man. <laughs> Thank you. Basically, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Your way yeah. of getting around a recording and the type of songwriting you 
you do, you could literally never run out of inspiration. It's a carnival of sonic delight stuffed yeah. to the fucking gills with substantive shorter numbers that easily stand up to the longer material. And it's as great as anything you've ever done, which runs counter to the idea that you're supposed to just trail off and be a shadow of who you once were. Exactly. Whether or not you're sick, dude, yeah. this is just as strong. Again, if I had to choose one record between Mosaics and Black Foliage, I would choose yeah. this. Really? Mm -hmm. more, it's more listenable, maybe, yeah. The trajectory, it just runs counter to what one would expect. I don't know what it's attributable to, just the fact that you're an indefatigable talent but you are, it would be embarrassing for me in a hot seat episode where we're talking about your own records. If your stuff just started getting shittier and shittier, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't. You're still just as inspired as you were 30 years ago to my ears. You know, there's 31 tracks on this thing. Again, not a single one that isn't great. This is five stars. Agreed. I feel the same. I do feel that. I think it's great. <laughs> you know, I don't sit around and listen to it all the time. But once you finish something, I revisit to remind myself, what does that sound like? You know, when I'm listening to other music and stuff, I'm like, you know, could that sound like I'm imagining it sounds? And then I have to put it on like, yes, good. You know, well, like yesterday's world, I'm like, does that really rock? And I put it in, <clears throat> yes, good. Okay, so I'm doing that to myself too. Well, we're talking about other bands and whatnot. I feel like maybe because home production and stuff like that, I feel like a lot of these other bands in the 60s and stuff moved on. I think it's production style that I don't like sometimes. Maybe the songs are good, but they aren't producers and they don't understand production. So if they bring a song in, Abbey Road or whomever, you know, it's like traffic. If they still wanted to sound like 68, they could do at the time. It's yeah. 75. You see what I mean? Like, we want it to sound sonically like a, a lot of these bands that I feel like maybe don't have producers, and so they get somebody in there, and now you're working with shitty keyboards, you know? So was anyone assisting with production? On this one? Uh, Nisi Gallons and Derek Olmstead and myself. It's incredible. Uh, older songs as well, to be honest with you. You know, collected these. Well, they're not remnants, but, you know, I mean, these are songs that I worked on since 2000 probably but because of your aesthetic you're basically stitching together scraps and creating you know an all-inclusive you know my favorite kinds of records always have been a sonic universe with its own rules that you can inhabit it almost doesn't matter it's like an afterthought if there's you know four great songs seven great songs can i walk in there and can i live in there yeah is it inhabitable all your records are like that yeah thanks man <laughs> um, so i'll give this five stars easy i'm sure you do as well I do. now i want to backtrack i want to backtrack three years before we wrap up here to 2011. Oh. so olivier tremor control surprise released two new songs north term reality and then the real showstopper, which is the game you play is in your head, parts one, two, and three. Yes. And not an empty threat. It really is parts one, two, and three. Yes. Uh, so that single, and I remember when it came out, I remember, you know, every day I go on Pitchfork, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, an empty gesture these days. I'm always going up there, not always reading the reviews these days, but that day, 12 years ago, I was like, holy shit. Uh -huh. And, and, and the real magic trick to me is I go and check out the song. So North Term Reality, is that the B-side? That's, that's for a compilation. Is that not for the record you guys were working on? That, no, that was just a track we 
Indeed. Okay. All or, right. So compilation AUX. AUX. Okay. So North Term Reality is like kind of a sonic hurricane. It's a swish of well curated window dressing style noise that piques interest for what I'm assuming would be more heart rendered collages on the upcoming third LP. But the game you play is in your head. It's a whole different story. It's got that familiar rickety dramamine inviting psych lurch, that sea of love tilt. That's the true domain of real psych, deep level shit, more physiological psych and less psychological. I love the soulfulness of the vocal line, which on top of the psychedelia reminds me just the slightest bit of nobody. I don't know if you know that song, which is Kaleidoscope with Larry Williams. Yep. It's the, the American one. And Larry Williams, you know, has got so much soul. But then on top of the kaleidoscope instrumental bed, it's a one of a kind marriage of true soul and true psych. Really? And I feel like that's what you have here. And then part two is just insanely celestial until that elephant stomp bass with wiggle worm vocal line, theremin, bee swarm, etc. What is that? What is the sound? That part two, the vocal line it's uh, a lot of stuff going on there i got a wake up call today that mm -hmm. yeah i'll be honest it called ask my dad for money you know years and years i mean 99 2000 it's a it set off by a conversation it was to myself really it's like you gotta get your shit to, you can't just keep asking for you know he's like i can't help you you know so this is a part two is like well, a, a wake up call to be you know there's a fine line between what you do and what you say i know i've got to live it and be it you know and, Make it so work. A, like a self pep talk. Yeah, exactly. That's what that uh, is. And then part three, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm feeling some smiley smile little pad initially. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, this single is beyond good. I, and I mean, I'm not alone in thinking this because that day that it went up, you know, I put calls out to all the requisite people. Joe Kennedy, who I started this show with, was one of them. My friend Rick, all the guys who you know loved you guys back in the day and never stopped. We couldn't believe it. It was beyond good. Yes. I remember how I felt hearing it for the first time. The relief, not just that there was another song, but that it was, was just it as good as suck. everything else. Was it going to suck? <laughs> really? I mean, not what? only didn't it suck, but it was as good as anything yeah. you would re had released. You knew that, though. I mean, that's, I'm not that's, that's always been our goal. I mean, the way you do it, the rating one to five. I just, I don't, I've never wanted to put shit out, crap out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you never so, did. Uh, you never did. I stand behind our music. We have a bunch of shitty shit, but we weren't forced to put it on an album because we signed a right. contract. There's nothing wrong with that Warner Brothers or whomever. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can hear the reignited passion. It's palpable. Uh, definitely five stars for both that and North Term Reality. So I'm, I'm guessing the game you play is in your head, one, two, three, was intended to be on the final record? Uh, no, I don't think it was. It oh, so that's a standalone. Yeah. So I really want to talk with you now about the final record. I'm guessing it's a final record. Maybe it's the first of very many final records. What do I know? Is it? Oh, hi, Dave again. I got to tell you about the next tier. As a lieutenant, you get an ad-free, substantially elongated director's cut of every episode. And you'll be getting the shows an entire week early from now on. And now back to our expertly crafted program. So I really want to talk with you now about the final record. I'm guessing it's a final record. Maybe it's the first of very many final records. What do I know? Is it? Uh, yeah, probably. Do you have enough for, I mean, for Olivia Tremor Control, is this it? Another oh, double L. Uh, so you have two double records, you think, left? Well, one 
double album. It's called The Same Place. Real the simple. Same place. Instead of music from the unrealized film script. The Same Place. Even though it's, it sounds boring, but it's not. Like, that's a great song I'm proud of. But we thought, we don't want Bubbly Monkey. You know, we don't need music from the you know, a long, 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 long title. Kind of thing. Yeah. So tell me about the same place, you know, the songs that you have, the construction of it, if there's a concept, the dynamics, how does it differ? Is it similar to what you guys did? Total departure. I'm going to shut the fuck up and just let this <laughs> no, wash okay. over me, man. Well, you know, I mentioned earlier that when I got sick and all, I ended up drinking a lot, but uh, Bill's like, look, let's get together every Sunday at my house and, you know, make up songs. And so I mean, we did for years and actually and we ended up we have a bunch of songs when did that start and how long did it go i don't know i don't know i answered either one we could get together i mean just try to keep me alive and you know not drinking so much so i don't know really so he was healthy he was doing okay yeah okay and i was falling apart because yeah ms sucks <laughs> i mean as we know and then drinking it does make you feel good for the moment it yeah. relaxes your body and stuff but I became an alcoholic. So he was like, can we, you know. Are, are you an alcoholic? Well, yeah, I guess I don't drink anymore. Actually. Did you have to seek help for that or did you just stop drinking? I, actually, yeah, I did. Sorry. I didn't think about that. Did I you go to meetings or what did you do? He got me these pills that you take and then decrease, decrease, decrease. So he gave you the drug that you need from the alcohol. Yeah, I had friends who detoxed and they were like bleeding out their ass. That's what I mean. I, I didn't want to. Yeah, so I, I had to. We're cool. I mean, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I just realized, yeah, I don't, I'm happy to live, and I don't, I don't want to be dead. <laughs> and yeah. I just, alcohol system's got to stop. So I'll have a beer at a club. That's pretty much it. So tell me about the same place. Tell me everything you know, please, please. Uh, Is it a rock it's, opera? There's a bunch of songs that I'm super happy with as well. Is it a total departure? from what you had no, done before it's a double album let me so let me i gotta ask you a question that really pierces to the heart you have three sides complete correct yes they're like good to go they're complete well sort of i mean not we're gonna move the songs around we need to finish the fourth side the main question that i have for you is why do you need a fourth side because that's the thing that is stopping you from releasing it i believe and it's the thing that's depriving me and everyone else i know from enjoying this why does there need to be a fourth side because you're used to making records with a fourth side no no there's that much material and it's ready we just need more overdubs i don't have the computer to do this or, or the real to real to do this I, as you and i've talked about earlier about my musical situation and being able to record is not available right now for me why is that oh, it's broken because <laughs> your machine's broke so let me get this straight because it just seems too impossible to be true are, are you telling me that mm -hmm. the tascam four track that i own which isn't even in necessarily tip-top shape but it works which i, I procured from joe kennedy back in 1966 and used to create three albums on my own. Is it true that if I sent this thing to you, that you would be able to complete this now smile level mythical third album by Olivia Tremor Control? My task am mine is the yeah. missing piece that would allow you to complete it? Yes. So if I sent this to you on Monday and you yeah. received it in a few days, that you'd be able to round third and to be able to have a completed record? Yeah, soon. Really. Really? Uh, 
Yeah. You're not shitting me. It just seems crazy that me having this machine, when if you, if you you know made an announcement like, hey, I need a four track in order to complete the Olivia Tremor Control record, you realize that by the next day, you'd probably have hundreds of four tracks on no, your front. I don't yeah. realize that. Are you serious? That is true. I would really, I would love that, people. They're hard to find on eBay and all this stuff. Kelly does that. My wife does that for me. I have four broken four tracks upstairs. They locked up. It's a fixable thing easily. I just don't work on that. This is a question I asked you during one of our excitable little schoolgirl conversations. So social media, why aren't you engaged in social media? And by the way, I'm not arguing for its greatness, but I'm curious why you're absent from those forums. The illness, I just need to the illness if you're ever looking for love yeah i i mean like less you know domestic love but confirmation that your aesthetic life continues to be enjoyed like crazy by people for the elephant six enthusiasts facebook group alone yeah Kelly can tell you, and I'm sure she does, there's people in there just like in love with you that you've had a real palpable effect on. Even just to check out and know and feel that within you will probably be a healing thing for you. I'm sure she's shown that to you. Yeah. I think the reason I'm not on it, don't have too many people writing me now, and I feel bad not writing them back. Okay. I will say then, if that really is the case, and I had agreed to this before, but I will put this in the mail to you on Monday. Just send it back whenever you're done with it. And if if you find yourself using it for a long time, hold on to it for a long time, as long as you're using it. Yeah, every day, honestly, no jokes. Okay. I haven't had one in a couple of years for sure. All right, I, look, I'll, I'll get it out to you on Monday, I promise. And if it really is the solution to this thing being stopped in its tracks i i will be beside myself for the rest of my life that i played a part well the thing is i, I mean what i'll probably be doing is i've got other songs i'd like to work on when i make up a riff or a song i just put it on my phone yeah yeah so the finishing the album thing is on a computer to finish each track so that's really what i need to do this won't help necessarily directly to that but it also will because i could just put some of those songs on one track of the four track cassette and mm -hmm. then add my vocals it'll help with the bouncing in other words but they're already basically finished tracks and then you know the, the other thing that we talked about which you know i would be honored is to either have you know because i spoke with you about metal machine music and about who's doing that and i would love to have either Either all the guys from OTC doing one piece or all you guys having your own collection where it's just four of you doing your own pieces. But I would be honored to have you be a part of that. Please. Yeah. I'll send in something. I, I'll do mine for sure. You know, I would like to do a track. I mean, talk about a guy who was born to do this. Yeah. I mean, metal machine music <laughs> yeah what's the idea again exactly the idea is you know this is a guy who in my estimation metal machine music yeah. represents a polarity of noise but this guy before he passed away lou the last thing he worked on was i think it was called hudson valley meditations or something like that and it's ambient music that he made for his tai chi practice so the yeah. idea of marrying the different polarities within this guy who was capable of such extreme beauty and such grotesque monstrous noise creation that's beauty to me it really is but it yeah. is yeah, yeah yeah but the idea is to marry those two extremes and the only rule is it's got to be 16 minutes one second just like the album sides the only track that's finished right now is mark robinson's from unrest i know you love imperial what he did was so cool 
he took the 16 hour interview that we did and he backmasked the tracks and uses his voice as a bed and on top of that does synthscapes that build and and retract his is done lou barlow's and corey hansen are doing theirs and it, i think it's just going to be a long-standing series i'd be honored to have you contribute but i will say that because life is a wondrous thing and yet still a complete piece of shit, uh you guys got back together you're making new music and bill passes away yeah 43 years old on july 31st 2012 bill passed it was later reported that the cause of death was an aneurysm and you guys were riding high when it happened right you guys were full steam ahead disaster i mean really but you guys decided to continue performing as the olivia tremor control we're not performing without him did one show locally it was already kind of right after he died i think it was a thing for him or something will you never perform as the olivia tremor control again is the band dead like led zeppelin so when you become a major, you get yet another show on Wednesday. Either Discography's The Top Ten, our Buried Treasure show, Rock Cousteau, our Slag Off show, Queasy Listening, or exclusive limited series like The Private Press with Paul Major. And if you've got no financial worries to speak of, keep in mind that some of the higher Patreon tiers allow you to actually advertise on the show, choose the bands we cover, or even some of the guests we get. For the price of a cup of coffee a week, you can ensure my family's fed, build a music library that'll be the envy of your block, and connect to a thriving community of music maniacs all at the same time. Don't risk feeling badly about yourself by not giving. Patreon.com slash Discograffiti. Once again, that's Patreon.com slash Discograffiti. We're going to do the last album. That's what I'm saying. There's still songs I'm going to sing back up on that I didn't, that we had already worked out. When that record finally comes out, will you tour as Olivia Tremor Control? I don't think so. No. No. How could we? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, you're asking me. No, without Bill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could put Brian Poole in there. That he's the one that sang Bill's parts on that show that we did. You can sing Hideaway and that's the backup. We just yeah, yeah. one show kind of in honor of Bill, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> I have to say, in a related piece of news, I, I do love when the guys in Wire, you know, one of the guys left, and all they did was they took the E off of Wire. So they were W-I-R. <laughs> Yeah. I always thought that was genius, but I, I mean, I don't need to ask, you know, did it make you sad when Bill passed? But now that, you know, enough time has, what's it been, uh, 11 years, you know, he was like your best friend, right? You know, and your your creative soulmate. Uh, yeah. His passing, the hole that it produced in your life, what form did that take as time went on and the initial shock receded? Yeah. What, what form did that take for you? Yeah. Well, I remember I was eating weed a lot before he was there. And so I just continued. I remember going to his wake at just a crazy dream. And I couldn't fucking believe, you know, couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I drove car at the time. I don't drive now. Good. Anyway, I just, yeah, I do remember the east side of Athens. It's way down the road on, on the other side of town. Yeah, I just remember like, driving there at three in the morning, you know, bawling. And just, it was the fucking worst. It still is the worst. But over time, it's here we are. And I'm so glad that he got us together when I was a serious alcoholic. Let's do it on Sunday and make up songs. And we did for years and years. And we have this collection. And it's going to be called The Same Place. Mm-mm. Was your alcoholism so bad that you feel like he helped to save your life? In a way, I do, actually. Yeah, it's gotten real bad. Well, that's a I, wonderful I, legacy I, for... 
bottles like that. Not gallons, but, you know, liters of the fuck those tall bottles are that nobody can see. Yeah. Drank two rounds a day. What kind of liquor was that? Vodka. Then I got in gin. I, I tasted gin. Well, I don't know. Stuck with gin. Yeah. With some lime and, and ice. I was drinking wine, and then I only had a little bit of money one day. Got some vodka. It was a lot cheaper. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm drinking two big bottles of wine today. I mean, vodka, which is way yeah. different than wine. It's, it's way different from wine. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So. I'm glad you're okay. And I'm glad that, you know, that's part of Bill's legacy. You know, it's it's amazing when you look back and really try to put in its place the real ramifications or what the real takeaways of a, of a relationship with somebody. I remember talking with David Pajo about this when he was on the show, you know, that it's a wonderful life thing. You know, when he attempted suicide and he didn't have his head on straight, but then to really realize the effect that his existence had, yeah. you know, Bill's impact on you as a person, this was sort of a, a gift to you in the last stages of your friendship that you're still here. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad. Yeah. You just need to stay alive and we got all these songs. And so I'm very excited by that. So your legacy, without you possibly being as cognizant of it as possibly Kelly, because Kelly has a Facebook account. You've got an eager legion of fans leaning in, just fucking salivating over when this third album is coming out. And for somebody who has a more sporadic release schedule yeah. than you did back in the day, it's probably, I'm hopefully good to know that, you know, you got people hanging on to every last morsel that you create. Plus, yeah. you pretty much redefined Psych. You really yeah. redefined it because in the mid 90s, the closest that the average chump could handle with Psych was Oasis. Oasis yeah. was a lot of people's, you know, at that time, you know, their watered down, I am the walrus redux. Yeah. That was as close as people got to psychedelia. Your wall. Yeah, yeah. And, and the coked out majesty oh. of Be Here Now. You know, you guys subverted the whole thing. And with the E6 shroud clung to you like plate mail armor, you're good to go forevermore. The whole enterprise reeks of impenetrable artistic integrity. Yes, thanks, man. And I have the honor each and every episode to look at the whole thing at a bird's eye, you know, from 30,000 yeah, feet. Yeah. And so, you know, after having ingested everything that you've ever released, the overview and shape of your arc, here's a little piece that I put together for that. So like all great ventures, the Olivias were birthed as an inevitable artifact of you and your friends just hanging out. It just so happened that every single one of you was a fucking genius. But some tops are destined to stop spinning, shit that's governed by an inner clock over which we have very little control, but your top is another matter entirely, Will. That's great. Once you unboxed and began using your first Tascam, I believe that was it for you. That was the achieving of possibly all your dreams. Why I'm particularly honored and thrilled to be sharing this space with you is that you didn't need the unfurling of your ideas in consensus reality to actually occur for you to be made whole. Plug in, twist faders, achieve dreams, the end. Nice. Whether the rest of the world peers in and cares, I'm guessing that's of more peripheral importance to you. The world did catch up and big deal and all the rest of it, but the only thing that matters 
is that it's 2023 and your muse still burns blindingly bright, Will. I love every single thing you've ever done and you are beyond an unreasonable doubt my kind of guy in every way, shape, and form. Lads and ladies, soldiers of sound, get thee to a music purveyor and purchase Will's entire catalog. Top three records as far as I'm concerned. And by the way, this is Olivia Tremor control only because we weren't going to do circulatory system initially. So this is just for OTC. My number three is California Demise. Number two is Black Foliage. Number one, and I will say the whole fucking thing in tribute to you and Bill and your promise to never truncate it. Music from the unrealized film script Dusk at Cubist Castle is my number one. If I had to pick a worst album, you don't make bad music. But back in the day, I didn't get Exploration 2, but I get it now. Or at least I feel like I get it. Explanation. Sorry, Explanation 2. Dream Sequences. Yeah, that thing. Do you have a top three? Of our shit? Yeah, I know they're your kids. That's be music from the unrealized film script. That's Cubist Castle. Because for me, it comes from a personal, in that way. That's the first thing we did. Is that your favorite thing you've ever done? I don't have a favorite, really. We're not done yet. It all blends into one to me. I'm still creating it. Like I said, yeah. a lot of those things were recorded in 2000. I'm written and recorded in 2000, and they came out over albums over the years. Does this thing have to be four sides? No, it doesn't. But we already have that amount of songs ready, which is a matter of we need to do backing vocals on this track of Bill's or couple, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that's what I'm saying to finish it. No, we could we could put a three sided album out, but I don't think it would have have the wholeness that we would want. Bill Bill said back then he's like we've never started a, an album with a slow song. We should do that. And so you know, so we picked his song to do that originally, and then. Now we're going to reverse it because his, 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 the closer is his fucking beautiful. His song. Are there changes that you've made to the sequencing or construction of the same place that was due to his passing? Or did it hew yes, to the same that. construction that it did before he passed? No, because it's like when you're crafting an album, it's like, well, would that go better? You know, you flip the side, that kind of thing. But Bill's song, <clears throat> Bill's song was going to start it off. Okay, we each have a song called The Same Place, but I mean, he explores what he thinks the same place was to him. You know, yeah. it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's like, and just it's just says a lot about my friend. I love him. I mean, he and Derek and I, they were mixing something on Derek's computer. And I just remember it was like, it doesn't sound like Olivia. You know, it's just, it sounded like Derek's production. And I was like, put Dusk. Put music from the unrealized film script does Cubist Castle on right now. And they did. And I was like, you should, it's not bright enough. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just not really, but I mix things too bright. It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, put the fucking album on now. You know, I didn't have to say anything. They put it on. And really, within days, Bill had finished those couple songs and mixed them that way, like Olivia. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, before that, it was, it was having a Derek sound. Love you, Derek. But yeah, and he, he felt the same thing. We still, you mean? Your work is, you know, everything you've done. The full impact of what it is that you've done is crucial, I believe. Because for a psych fan like me, I mean, I live and die by psych. If I had to pick one yeah. genre, it would be that kind of music. And a lot of what has come and gone since the days when psych could be heard on the radio is pastiche. Yeah, it, it is indicative of a time, but it doesn't get into the real spirit or the real feeling of psychedelia. It plays with genre signifiers, but that's yeah. 
kind of all it does. What you do is you really burrow into the essentiality and the crucial nature of psych as a genre. And for someone like me, it's a necessity or else it's going to be in the rear view. And that can't happen. Not on my watch. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for doing this. This is really, your site, what you call it, is great. I've been exploring it. Thanks. You know, interviews and stuff. Yeah, very knowledgeable. The way that I see it, something beyond this interview is going to come out of this relationship, if not just a friendship, which is beautiful for me to be able to participate in sending you the four track, but also to see what might come out of this i think something is going to be coming out of this i don't know exactly what it is whether it's the film something creative is going to come out of this and i cannot wait to see what shape that takes i really can't i've asked this man would you want to do a film realizing the film script and he's maybe taking it off you're thinking about it right much more than thinking about it but you know i wanted to complete this get this out of the way and then talk about the possibilities with that. I'm also curious, I did send you the script for Bad Vibes, and I believe that you reading that script is going to crack open the nut of conversation about what Dusk would look like. But let's start after, because I'm so familiar with all your stuff, and you don't know, except for the show, anything about my artistic life. So let's let's start with you checking out Zombie Honeymoon and reading Bad Vibes, and let's see what that you know, what that produces. That's great. And I'm fully on board exploring something with you. There's no question about that. Yeah, because I've seen some real action, real pictures and stuff, and then some animation. Make happen. As they said in another quote from Mr. Show, I'll do it, but but only under any circumstances imaginable. <laughs> Will Cullen Hart, it's a word that is bandied about incessantly and there's nothing behind it anymore. And you may also just be a hard worker, but you are a genius, man. And it's been an honor to be breathing the same interview air as you for approximately seven hours. Uh, yeah, it's been great. You're also a lovable son of a bitch. Anything you need, uh, you let me know. See you, baby. All right, that about does it. Stay tuned because next week's episode is John Worcester on the live albums that shaped him. A heartfelt discography thanks goes out to my beautiful wife and son, Jen and Mason, Will Hart, Kelly Hart, Rudy Fishman, the Elephant Six Multisphere, my incredibly loyal fans, and especially the entire Patreon community, the Soldiers of Sound. I love every last one of you, and this show would not exist without you, my friends. Speaking of friends, it's high time for some new ones. They're in our Facebook group, Discography Soldiers of Sound. That's the best way to find out what's coming up on the show, but there's a hell of a lot more. You get recaps of the day in music history, the ability to pitch questions to guests, polls that put you in the driver's seat on guest and band decisions, and access to a thriving creative hub if you're looking for a collaborator. So make sure you don't miss out. You can find the link to the Discography Soldiers of Sound Facebook page right there in the show notes. And if you don't mess with the Zuck, no sweat. Just email me at info at and I'll keep you in the loop. 
So now that it's done and you want more, another way to dive even deeper into the Gen X flag wavers of 1990s indie alternative gold is to leap headfirst into the David Paho series, including the man himself rating Slint's discography. That's episodes 94 to 101. No Ages Randy Randall rating the Jesus Lizard. That's 70 and 71. My interview with No Ages Randy Randall. That's episode 88. The Bob Nastanovich rates Pavement series from 49 to 58 nirvana episode 30 the replacements with bob Mare 28 and 29 and number 18 the pixies and of course you won't want to miss our mark robinson series which so far encompasses episodes 128 and 130 plus future episodes 135 and 136 Join us during the upcoming week for Discograffiti's week-long Will Hart Part 3 Deep Dive. This Sunday, February 11th, you can expect another deliriously sociopathic entry of Rudy Fishman's Discograffiti Soldiers of Sound podcast. Starting early in the week, majors and lieutenants and up will be treated to the director's cuts of the John Worcester episode. And then finally, on Tuesday, there will be another incredible Patreon-only episode of Discograffiti Graffiti's Top 10. This week's list, along with special guest Will Hart, my personal Top 10 Most Batshit Crazy Celebrity Encounters. And of course, be sure to mark your calendars, because next Friday, February 16th, for our premiere show with the Osiris Network, we're coming at you with John Worcester and the live albums that shaped him. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. And so, from now till then, don't let our youth go to waste, lads and ladies. It's Discography. Graffiti!